get right into it, bud. All right. Hey, guys, welcome to another season of Fight Stories. We're so happy to be back doing this with you guys. Um, we have really um, lined up, up a, bar. Pre a, up premier, a premier season of uh, Fight Stories that we've been able to scramble together and put... Uh, Dynasty. This is the dynasty season. This is the '90s Red Wings. All through, all through a pandemic, and and we've made lots of changes and figured out kind of, you know, where we need to go. We've made upgrades along the way. Yeah. Um, so just the beginning of when we first started recording, we were, you know, the audio was a little dicey and off at points, and you know, since then we've both gotten better mics and better cameras and better lighting. But there are a couple of episodes where um you know it, it shows that we're just sort of pulling it together and those episodes are sort of scattered throughout the season so and also like you're going to see us in varying de uh, degrees of pandemic quarantine mode like i'm clean shaven now but i was looking like a goddamn woolly mammoth like just i think in this episode so <laughs> bear that in mind I mean, I drank for at least three months straight. I took a month off. Yeah, it's yeah. been a it's been a roller That must have been a long life. month, buddy. That must have been a long month. Yeah, it was a little bizarre. That doesn't happen too often. But, <laughs> Th Thirty-two yeah. days in that month. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, so, no, it's been it's been good. We have we have some killer guests. We've uh, we've been able to, I think, maintain a level of quality that that we're used to, even though. We're not doing it the same way that we were. We were traveling. We were getting together with these people in person. I think it's still it's still been uh, a cool experience for for us to get to know people like these. You know, these people that we've we've met on the podcast. I mean, the, the the one it does take away from the road aspect and you know we got to hang out which was always cool and then mm -hmm. in addition to it we're always doing shows when we're hanging out like that so um that behind the scenes element is gone but it is easier to reach out and get guests now you know like we don't have to yes plan a run around st louis to go down and grab a couple of dudes we can just hit them up and be like you want to jump on a zoom there everybody's exactly. custom you know Exactly. I think long term, this the the way that we're doing it now is going to only enhance the number of episodes we're able to do, the amount of guests that we're going to be able to get that are high quality. It, we're not as limited now to what we're doing. Right. And, and then we still want to do the live ones when the we're world be opens able to back do that. up, and still yeah. do some ones from the road, and still go and travel and and do all that stuff. So eventually, we like to reach some sort of happy medium. But right now, this is what we're doing. Exactly, and, uh, and, we're, and, we're and I think the season's better off for it. So we're happy to do it, and uh, we just want to thank all of our listeners that have been, uh, you know, huge supporters and been giving us shout-outs and sharing our stuff. And you know, we see the listenership growing every day, and from all different places in the world, we really, really appreciate all the nice comments and stuff that we get. I do got to say this: if you got a, if you're one of these little fucking poon boys that comes on onto social media bitching about us talking over the guests or whatever go fuck yourself this is our oh, fucking yeah. podcast we fucking started it we're the ones bringing this fucking content to you for free by the way go fuck yourself like if that you kid like that what was that kid who chirped today he said 
if you know this would be a great podcast if the guys wouldn't wouldn't keep interrupting or if it wasn't for the host buddy if it wasn't for us it wouldn't be a goddamn podcast you fools yeah exactly i mean we spent thousands of dollars to do this podcast so that you can listen <laughs> to it for free you fucking geek you appreciate like, a geek this podcast is called fight stories it's not a podcast for little pussies i can't think of a more pussy thing to do than whine about you know us talking over your hero on a little fucking podcast you know yeah like go whining on youtube fuck you you little bitch go jack off to a bob probert card <laughs> we love bob probert but we oh, don't God. fucking love you he wouldn't fucking give a shit about you <laughs> he doesn't like he didn't like pussies either right so yeah that's that's the whole thing man and, and, and you know and then I, and i also want to say for the for the episodes where we're talking to like and it's the guys listening to the episodes with the NHL dudes. Like, let's be honest, because they don't understand what this podcast is in its entirety. And that is that we go and we talk to everybody, right? If it's if it's, so, it's chopped into little clips, it's kind of isolated. They don't know the context of the interview. Right, they don't know the context of the show. And then also, like, we try, we try and bring this stuff and come at it from a different angle. We try and go, like, you know, behind the stats. And, like, we're not going to sit there and ask you about – Every single fight that the guy's been in that's already been covered on another podcast. We're trying to give it a little color. We want to get some background on these guys. We want to get some street fights. We want to get the stories. So that's what this podcast is. And if you don't like it, fucking piss off. Because there's plenty of people that do, you geek. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, we're happy to, to bring <laughs> these to you guys. Don't make uh, me fucking see you on the road. I do. What if you live in a shithole? I play comedy in shitholes, so the, there is a chance. So I don't play no a cities, boys. <laughs> What's the fucking guy's name? James Grathoff. Fuck you, James. I'll fucking bitch slap you, you little fucking queen. I'll rip your graph off. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, just so many little punanis. But honestly, for the most part, you guys have been the fucking best. You guys, uh, yeah. you know. You've been you've been pumping these numbers up. We see it, and we want to keep bringing like the hockey fights and like those guys to you, um, because we we know that the core base is a lot of hockey guys. But right. we do like mixing it up. We don't want to be the same as the other podcasts. There's a bunch of other wicked hockey fight podcasts, kind of in like the same space, and we we enjoy those guys a lot, and we're friends with a bunch of them. Um, but we, we, you know, we like bringing the average shows. We love, we love the I average love getting the, the, you know, the the guys who are street fighters who. But look know, at the episode today. There's no platform. On, the guy went pro in MMA at 44 after doing a bunch of uh, training camps. We'll call them in prison, right? Like you're not getting that story anywhere else. You gotta That's come right. here, boys. You know. That's right. And any and any one of you out there could be on this podcast. Everyone has a fight story. We say that. Right. And we, we, we even, Green, even James Grathoff, you can come and talk about the time I smacked you in front of your girlfriend and you wept like a little <laughs> slut. We'll let you come and tell that story on the podcast. Oh, fuck. That's so funny. I'm glad I didn't interrupt you there, John, because that was perfect. That would have really upset James. <laughs> but All right, honestly, so I, I do think this, I do think we got to say this too. A lot of people, when they when they check out the, the podcast for the first time, they're probably checking it out on YouTube. They're maybe finding it because it's a, a shorter clip that we've isolated right. from one of our 
full length episodes. They don't know that we're comedians. We're both stand up comedians and we tour all over. We're pro comics and pretty accomplished resumes, I must say. And these the the people that we're interviewing, they know who we are before the episode, even if you don't. So most of the time, gonna, most of the time, yeah. like sometimes they don't. You know, like a Paul Stewart doesn't know who we are at the beginning of the episode. He doesn't give a fuck. But then by the end of it, he's like, hey, boys, call, call me back. Great time. You know, happy to do it again. You know what I mean? Like, so we got to, we're building that rapport with them, just like we're building what with somebody who hasn't listened to the show for the first time. But then these guys go and they do the show and then they start, and then, you know, they befriend us and say, let me get you so and so. Or they've already listened to the show and want to do the show, you know? Exactly. And then, and then there's just different contacts for the different interviews. Sometimes it's over the phone. If it's over the phone and they don't know us, we have to actually prove to them that we know what we're talking about or they're going right. to cut it short. It's like like when, when we had Darren Kimball on for the first time, Darren was like, yeah, I probably only got like 20 minutes of stories. And we're like, we need to get Darren for a full episode. And so we had to prove to Darren that we knew what we were talking about. And that kind of kept him into it. It got him into it. You could feel him warming up right. because he realized, oh, these guys have done their homework. They understand, you know, who who I am, what my career is. It's not just someone. And by these guys, we mean you. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. I, know, I know hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, that's your that's your fucking lane, dude. You but know, when they like, when they're when they're skeptical or they or they just maybe you know they don't they don't know what this is then we or do if have we to know that there's more meat on the bone to be had then you gotta fucking pull it out of them sometimes. And at the same end, at the same end, like most, if you listen to any comedy podcast, if you've ever like listened to a New York comedy podcast, comedians are cutting each other off left and right. Like right. you gotta jump in. You gotta. You have to be in that like that zone this isn't the 60 minutes barbara walters fucking interview it's you know like we're not just we're not trying to get these guys to cry our questions we're free flowing <laughs> with these guys we have a rapport with them usually right. if, it's a, if it's a live episode we have a rapport with them before we go in i remember like the vandenbush thing we're joking around with ryan vandenbush right. before the show and he got that we were comedians and it was plus- kind of like We've yeah, been he doing wasn't comedy for fucking 20 years or what are you, what are you almost 20? Yeah, 18. 18 years. It's a muscle, dude. You're talking with somebody and somebody says something, you got something to say. It's like, you gotta, you know what I mean? It's like almost like interacting with yeah. an audience member. It's a muscle. And I, w- I won't fucking say that I don't, that, you know, that sometimes you're like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have, you know, stepped on that or whatever. It right. just happens. But, but comedy podcasts are free flowing. So I'm just, you know what? I'm just sick of hearing little fucking crybaby back bitches in the fucking comments talking about that. Like, this isn't just a fucking, like, we're not doing a, a, a high school fucking interview where we read one question at a time to these people. We're free-flowing conversation with them and trying to get the most out of them for you guys. We want it, like, we have an idea of what our listeners want to hear and want to know from these guys and we try and get extra information out of them so and what we want to hear you know yeah, like, fuck yeah. we're fucking curious but we, the stories you want to know this isn't a fucking yeah. community service buddy you yeah. know like fuck, yeah. <laughs> it's our fucking podcast <laughs> we'll fucking dig one up yourself <laughs> 
Yeah, this I, I feel that this is very cathartic. I mean, <laughs> it's been two seasons, and you know what? I know, I know, we, I know. we have really had uh, we've this really conversation. Had... We'd probably be like you know chopping up before a show or something if we were hanging out, but it's just like we're all caged in, and we're like, oh, Every, oh. like this pandemic, man, it's got everyone on edge. I'm ready to fucking rip some James. I will fucking get. No, I'm just. <laughs> it's just yeah everyone's ready to rip right out of their fucking skin and uh and and that's why this is the perfect time for fight story season three the pandemic to drop yeah We've got, we have a whole everybody's, everybody's got we gotta we gotta we gotta buckle down and everybody's gotta stay in their house now that the new the the new strain is 70 percent more more catchy so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here we go we got we got 20 episodes lined up for you guys Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let me just uh, let me just say we want to thank our sponsor this season, Uncle Ronnie's Tea Bag. Check out Uncle Ronnie's Tea Bag. That's where all our merch is uh, over there. T-shirts. It's mostly T-shirts. It's a you know online clothing store, but it's mostly T-shirts and stuff like that from you know other podcasts and artists and stuff. So uh, make sure you head over there and check that out. And of course, anything that you support, we always appreciate. There are some guys who support us the most. Uh, you know who you are. We really appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll 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 be sending you some of the new stuff as it comes in. So shout out! We gotta give a shout out to Mark Karakianitis. This guy, he's a big. He's been a Patreon supporter, big big fan of the podcast. We gotta give him a shout out. Billy Tardy, we wanna give Billy a shout out. Billy's Hard the start. reason. This he's the reason this episode uh today is happening. Um, this yeah. guy's got his finger on the pulse of who the madmen are in his area, and he's brought them to us. So if you have like and I gotta uh, shout out my buddy Jay from Connecticut, who's always uh who's always dumping money for the cause. Our guys don't do Patreon, they're just like, yo, let me fucking uh PayPal you some cash, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, patreon.com f- slash fight stories, that's where it's at. You get extra bonus shit. And uh, we're, we'll make it worthwhile to you get, you know, the episodes before they drop, like before the public gets them, uh, bonus episodes, bonus content. And obviously we're going to be throwing in some merch when we can, like there'll be all kinds of discounts and, and tickets to our live shows. We're going to be doing some live events uh, on zoom, like this, all, all this stuff's coming. So uh, get into the Patreon early and you will be looked after. The, we got some fucking dandy pump a dandy couple bucks in the fight that. stories commissary yeah absolutely in the war chest that's what in we the war chest <laughs> yeah. alright so, I think I think we can get I think we can launch right into the guest I think so I think so man now that we aired our, all of our, our all of our grievances yeah it's been two seasons of fucking amazing uh amazing relationships that we've made on the road and uh you know meeting all these people and 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 just just it's it's been an experience and i I think that and and we get one guest and then they go let me get you so and so and it unlocks another guest and you know it we'll tell you how that sort of went down in a few episodes for some of the for some of the um the guests Mm -hmm. we've had this season but I mean, that's how it goes, you know. Uh, yeah. Our guy today, Steve Dunn, was like, "Oh, buddy, we got to get you this fucking cop. He's an animal." And Steve <laughs> is not a cop; he is a robber. <laughs> so, uh, episode one, season three, the Sandman, Steve Dunn, 
check it out. We're here uh, for another episode of Fight Stories. Uh, we're talking with Steve Dunn in Brockton, Massachusetts. Steve is a, uh, an MMA fighter. A uh, big part of his story is uh, when he, he went pro at 44. I got that right? 44. Which is a little late. <laughs> Very late. So I, uh, when, I, when I retired, I, was the oldest, well, I, I went to prison for a little while. After, I, I, I fought for a few years. Ended up going to prison, but before I went to prison, I was uh, the oldest guy in the state with an MMA license. I came out three years later, and I fought again. So I, I was 50 years old in my last fight. That's wow. amazing. That's stupid, is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but my wrestling background, I'm not getting hit too often. So, you know, if I can control the fight goes. Right. It's not, really, it's not like I'm going into boxing at 50 years old. Right. Yeah. Having a right. wrestling background, man, you can take shit to the floor. Man, right, and you're training differently. It's not like you're getting stingers all the time and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really getting hit too often. Um, right. You know, I went with what I what I know best. I mean, I, I went to t I was training for a fight um, a few years back. I went to Thailand twice within three months. I trained for a month in Thailand. One of the one of the uh, sessions, got in my next fight. Didn't throw one kick. I threw five thousand kicks in a month and didn't throw one kick during the fight. <laughs> you go with what you know, man. That's, right. that's how it is. I, I remember I broke my hand in a fight one time, and then I was like, fuck, I can't do anything with this. I'm going to train with my left. Just next time I fight, I'll be able to, I'll, you know what I mean? That's I'll be, the man, mother of invention. Next, next fight I get in, I'm only throwing rights. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I, I fought one of my fights. I, I had a broken hand, and I, I broke it worse. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. You, you go with what your natural gift is. It my really natural is. gift is my right hand, man, and I – I, I wore this thing out. This thing is ruined. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> but I have all my teeth. So There you go. All right. <laughs> That's a good shot. I would actually, and listen, I was not, you know, I, I would get drunk and get in fights. And, uh, but my, I would have nightmares of, of getting my teeth knocked out and waking up and checking my teeth. Like, just be like, oh, God, I don't want to get my teeth. I've had many a nightmare like that. Right. Uh, I like, I love my teeth. I protect them fucking, like, with my life. Right. Um, yeah, the, the uh, I'm not sure what the teeth dream means, man. I hope it don't mean I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I hate that I jarred that thought opening you. Suppress yeah. um, it. <laughs> <laughs> so Brockton, I know a little bit about um, Brockton in that uh, there was a guy who was buying and fixing um, houses there, and he was like flipping blocks, and he was saying like it was tough sledding fixing places in Brockton like it was a tough town and then I did a show there and I remember going through there and feeling like it was pretty tough what year I just looked the the, I looked the demographics up and like and it said like Brockton's like 40 percent white 40 percent black 10 percent Latino and then everybody else gets in when they fit it you know right right now it's uh probably 40 percent white probably 40 percent Cape Verdean which is a whole different thing right you know back in the 80s it was white black and you know it's Hispanic. Now it's different, man. And these guys can't do this that that good, so they're doing this. You know, everybody's uh -huh. getting shot. Ninety-five thousand people, man. There's a lot of people getting shot out here. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. But in the '80s, it wasn't so much that. It was much more brawling. A lot of street fighting in the '80s. Right. And uh, you know, all those cats are either dead or retired. I was like the la I was a sole survivor in the street fighting game. Right. It, 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 it's, you know, 
the best thing about like I'm a little crazy, so the best part about that, nobody was shocked when I did something crazy. You know, nobody ever said, geez, I can't believe Steve did that. So now if I'm all fighting at 54 years old, it looks, looks a little creepy. <laughs> so, why is he even out? He's out. So, so, uh, I, I had to take it inside the cage just for any kind of fucking so I can still get my hands thrown, man. Right. Yeah. So um, a lot of questions. I don't, you know, I'm, I don't even know where to start. Um, your family, did you come, was it like a rough go with your family or, or was that fucked up like a fucked up childhood or was it pretty? It, it, I, I brought most of it on myself. Okay. Um, I, you know, I remember being like 10 years old walking, uh, I was walking with a friend of mine. I was like, I want to be the toughest dude in Brockton. So, you know, if that's kind of goals I was setting for myself, you know, second grade, the teacher says, what do you guys want to do when you get older? The kid's like, I want to be a fireman. I pulled my hand up. I said, I want to be a bank robber. So that's, that's, that's how I started. <laughs> like a fucking moron. So, so uh, your old man, was your old man a uh, tough guy? He was, yeah, he was tough. He was okay. Boston firefighter. Um, he had seven kids, five boys. He, uh, he was tough, man. But he was fair. I mean, any beating I got, I deserved. Right. I can't. I can't. I can't blame my actions on uh, the way he used to punch me in the head. You know that. That's all my own shit. Did you <laughs> grow up? Did you grow up in a house with, with with all the five, like four other brothers? Then is that the three, three brothers in my bedroom, and uh, the older yeah. brothers had their own setup. But me and my two, I have a twin brother and a younger brother. So we, my, me and my twin brother, tortured my younger brother, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> that poor prick was in a cell with two nuts. Is your yeah. twin brother tough? <laughs> he he didn't learn how to fight until he went to prison because I used to fight all his battles for him, man. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say. I used to say, I'll fight the guys, you fight the girls because there's a lot of tough black girls in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so I had my brother fight the girls and I beat their brothers up. Did anyone ever confuse him for you and like take, take that was him out? Question. But he, he was an all-American wrestler, so confusing him, you can make a mistake there too, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. okay. He wasn't good with his hands. We used to have bar fights. I'd have to step over him when you got knocked down to go hit, knock the dude out the fight that hit him. So, <laughs> when he, he went away, he learned how to throw his hands a little better. Uh, so, man, um, so you're 10, you want to be the toughest guy in Brockton. You start wrestling when? Started wrestling at eight years old. Wow. Yeah, man. I didn't even know that. What year was this? 76, no, 75. Because I, I didn't even know like wrestling was a thing like that. My my older brother was wrestling for the high school. Um, and I mean, we took to that shit like fish to water. I mean, and most good wrestlers or, you know, nationally and worldwide wrestlers have have brothers. You know, the more brothers you got. Right. I had a, I had a, a live-in training partner. I had a right. wrestling mat on my bedroom floor. So we, uh, we got pretty good at it. Right. He's learning the stuff in high school, bringing it home, working on you when you're in the second and third grade. Right. Yeah, yeah. Bully, bullying us. Uh, we, me and him used to box. He's like six years older. He used to have pillows. I used to have pillows on my hands, and he'd have bare hands with rings on, punching me in my face. So <laughs> that, that's kind of shit I grew up with. Yeah. And um, it, it made me battle ready. Yeah. Um, Where, like, people, like, when you, when you hit, like, that – that age where you were all sort of around, like 14s so or your brother, I guess, was 19, where the, was the neighborhood like, oh, those dumb boys. Yeah, and listen, yeah, it was basically me. I was the bad one. Um, yeah. 
you know, I feel bad because I influenced my twin and my younger brother to, to fucking basically go bad with me, which uh, I feel a little bad about. But uh, my neighborhood was a bunch of athletes. There weren't many girls. So there's like three families within five houses with five boys. So there's oh, some athletes in my neighborhood. Yeah. A few state champ wrestlers, all-American football players, shit like that. Wow. And coming from Brockton, it's notorious for being a tough town. Like, it's the hometown of Rocky Marciano and uh, Marvin Hagler, right? So, you, you have... a tough place. Did that really... Was that part of what, what influenced you to say as a kid, I want to be the toughest guy in Brockton? My father used to talk about fighting in Boston all the time when he was younger. And it, for some reason, I... And I, I listen, I grew up with red hair and glasses when I was a kid. So okay. I used to get teased, man. And I heard Mike Tyson say one time when people used to tease him, when he hit one of them and they stayed hit, they stopped teasing him. So when I started fighting back, I was like, ah, I like this fighting back shit. It feels yeah. good to silence them, right? Yeah, silence yeah, yeah. Them. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then, you know, you, you go from being bullied to the predator after a while, which ain't cool, but that's the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah, yeah you're more and more. Right, you're a kid. You want to uh, you want to try out these hands? Yeah, yeah. They, it, but I was trying them out on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was like I, I tell a lot of people I've had a whole bunch of fights, man. So I'm like, where did all these people go after I fought them? Like, I figured I'm gonna walk into a club some night and there'll be 70 people I beat up all in the same place. So I never <laughs> see these people again. Yeah, <laughs> I beat them right so, off the set. That's a good question. How many fights do you think you've been in? Tree fights. I, I mean. It sounds crazy. I've had at least 150, I would say. Holy I, I mean, legitimate, legitimate. Like, I could say a number of knockouts, which won't even sound believable. So I usually downplay the shit. But I, I've, had, I've had three different nights where I had three knockouts in one fucking situation. So that's nine. So I think right. I had, I don't know, I'm going to lowball it, man. 50, not, not hit you, knock you down. Fucking knock you out. Out cold, right. Yeah, nothing to brag about, but I'd rather knock you out than get knocked out. <laughs> yeah, Better to be the guy getting that knocking out 150 than to be knocked out 150 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the good yeah. thing about this podcast is this is the podcast to be bragging about it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so I, uh, I listened to a couple of your, your past episodes, man. This shit's pretty funny, man. Well, yeah. I, I like that. I want you guys to give me one of those fighting sport, uh, fighting stories bottles, the bear bottle thing there. You guys, oh, yeah. <laughs> we gotta get those made, John. Yeah, yeah we got a six pack of those. The problem is they're made in China, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might be a while. It might be a while. That's right. That's right. Yeah, corner of the market on those too. That's right. We might have to find. We might have to find a Mexican uh, producer. Yeah, knock off. Probably <laughs> real glass. Yeah, that's hilarious. Is there so, one fight though when you're coming up as a kid where you get into it and it just excites you where you're like, this is what I want to do? Or Well, listen, we, we had a, a kid in my neighborhood who was a bully. Um, so me and my twin brother were playing in a tackle football game one day, and the kid was after my brother. So I jump in, my twin brother, and so we beat the hell out of the dude. So the next day, he shows up at my house. And it, it, I'm in the house fucking hiding behind my mother. I'm like, I don't want to fight him. He says, you better get out there and fight him. Oh. I went out there and beat the hell out of this dude. And uh, that was like my coming out party. Right. You went out by yourself this time, and, and I, I had to go. My mo my mother's yeah. Sicilian. I had to go out and fight. She said, nah, you better get out there and fight him. She swore. My mother swore twice in my life. She said, you better go out there and fucking fight him. I said, all right. Well, so, I'm you're, out, so your mom's Italian. Your dad's Irish. Yeah, it's crazy combination. Oh, that's like the uh, not the Irishman. What's that movie with the big Irish guy who dates an Italian girl? He's like a garbage guy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, hey, let me say, let me, it, Irish Sicilian combination. I hold a grudge forever. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny that you that you go with the Irish, but I guess it's where you're. I guess it's where you're at. You know, I, I had red hair when I was young and green eyes. All my brothers have dark eyes, dark hair, so yep, they could right. go with the Italian thing. But I go with what I look like, man. Right, right, right. Green eyed devil is what my friends call me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so look, I have I have a funny story. I'm walking with my mother in, in 1978, blizzard of 78. Kid next door to me had a restraining order on me. I was probably the youngest kid in the state with a restraining order. Oldest guy fighting and the youngest kid with a restraining order. So <laughs> the kid's talking shit. He knows I can't do nothing to him. So he says, uh, you know, what if I what if I hit your brother with a bat? My mother's like, yo, Steve, calm down. Chill out. He goes, what if I hit your mother with a bat? My mother goes, get him. So I fell <laughs> out of this dude. That, that's, my, that's where my mother was coming from. That's great. <laughs> so what happened? Did you get arrested for that one? Uh, no, I, I didn't, but I, I beat him all over the snowbanks with blood everywhere. It was if I got if I got in trouble for it, it would have been well worth it. Right, 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 right. Your mother coming in as a witness, freaking classic. And so I'm in court with my mother one time, and they're, they're saying I hit a kid with a crutch. My mother tells the judge, he he didn't hit him with a crutch. He wouldn't have to. So my mother had my back. <laughs> he wouldn't need a crutch. What did the judge do when your mom said he wouldn't have to? Yeah, they don't like that shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Were your parents together? Like, were they, like, in tandem with this uh, upbringing? My, fa my father was, you know, a hardcore tough dude. Um, you know, he, he knew what he was making. You know, my, my mother didn't really yeah. pay much attention unless I was in the principal's office. Right. <laughs> you know, when, it, when, when the shit came home, that's when they knew. I was doing yeah. most of my shit on the street. Right. Like so you say your your father knew what he was making. So is he giving you little pep talks, like you know, giving you little jewels, like you don't take no shit from nobody? Uh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I mean, he, he's got he's got stories where I would I always thought that if I ever really had a real bad situation, I would go to some of his his go to moves. He likes to stick his finger in your eye and shit like that. <laughs> I never really resorted to that, but I'd bitten a few people. <laughs> breaks the hold, right? We just did a party episode. That'll break the hold. <laughs> hey, a kid, a kid bit my bit me in the head in like tenth grade, and I was like, he bit me. I was like, oh, all right. I bit his head like an apple. So <laughs> after he bit me, I bit like the ten next fifteen people I fought. <laughs> I said, that shit work, man. Put that in the tool bag. Yeah, I played like bike. I bit a, I bit a dude. I, I fought like a two hundred fifty pound bulldog. He, he looked like Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, so get his eyebrow off. <laughs> oh, so, shit. So, listen, I meet his mother and his grandmother one time, and uh, she's like, "That's the kid who bit Chuck's eyebrow off." I said, "He's got another one." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. I was just thinking about it. The eyebrow is really like a perfect mouth. Like, to get right off. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, pff, pff. Yeah. like, I mean, it's perfect grabbing thing, man. It really yeah. is. Dude. The shape of it. It's like, <laughs> I grabbed him and I, it shit came right off. I was, I was always of that mind. I'm always, I'm like, I'm, I'm a big uh, proponent of eye gouging, fish hooks. Yeah, and, dude. Uh, this like the 1800s. I'm all night one night. And I bought the guy drinks all night, and then I'm roasting him. He's in the back. I'm almost blackout drunk. And he goes, do you want to fight? I was like, all right. We get outside. I didn't think this guy's going to hit me. He nailed me. I'm on my back, and he's on top of me giving it to me. So I, I, 
I pushed myself underneath the car to stop getting hit in the face, and I pulled his hand in and started biting his hand. <laughs> hey, listen, hey, I'm, I'm, my sister comes home from school. She's in college. She goes, Steve, this dude just called me a cunt. I go, what? So she brings me to the local college, and we park next to the dude's car. So we go looking around the school for these dudes. So we can't find them. We walk back to her car, and uh, she goes, there they are. So we come up. Me and my younger brother go up to the car. And one of them hit my brother in the face with a 40 ounce, smashed the bottle in his face. So they take off. So I'm like nine cars behind them. They think they're gone at the, at the intersection. I pass the other eight cars and I end up behind them. They're in a, te- they're in a Corvette with a T-top. I jumped, I jumped in the passenger seat and fought the driver. I, I start, start, stepped on the driver. I fought the passenger for like five miles. <laughs> and, and he ends up with his thumb in my mouth and that ended that fight. <laughs> oh, you missed them? Hey, listen, we're fighting driving down the street. I'm standing on the passenger. It was something like out of the movies. The shit was- oh, yeah, I must have forgot about that one. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can literally, like, people talk about fights. With, I'll be out. Everybody wants to talk about fights. They think that's what I want to talk about. Right. I tell them, I go, you're selling water to the ocean, man. You're, you're telling me about this fight you had in eighth grade. I don't care. All right, right, right. 200 of them. So at what point, um, you're wrestling, you're training for wrestling all throughout high school, right? Yeah, yeah. You're going out on the weekends and fighting. Is that right? Yes, that's that's, that's (laughs) – I'm asking questions. He's like, yeah, no. Where do you wait till the weekend? (laughs) Listen, he said the weekends. I'm like, fuck, I was out every night. (laughs) (laughs) i'm being recruited for uh for for wrestling scholarship me and my twin brother at a wrestling tournament in connecticut i'm cornering my brother he gets in a fight on the mat so i come on i I clean this dude's clock in the the middle of the tournament the wrestling coach gave me a full scholarship because of that so (laughs) it paid off that's awesome central connecticut state university i got a full i got the first full scholarship they ever gave and the first one they ever took back (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so um so you're now you're in you're in university you're you're you're, i'm guessing you're wreaking havoc right like this like how did i guess what i'm saying is like how does this like your aggressive like some of the street fighting cleaning guys clocks you know at tournaments is this translating on the mat or is it or not really it's like more of a disciplined sport Wrestling to me was, I was more uh, aggressive. My, my twin brother, um, he was a technician. So mm. I was, I, I, I fought, wrestling to me was a fight. Like mm. when I started cage fighting, that was wrestling with punches to me. I love that shit, man. Right, right, right. But um, I, uh, the wrestling um, really helped me in my fucking self-defense skills. If, if, if I wrestled you in a fight, that's when I really fucked you up. You'd be lucky if I hit you and, and maybe ended it quick. But if I wrestled you, I'd be talking in your ear, fucking biting you and shit. I was pretty, I was, I was, I was pretty mean. Cool. How many people have you bit? A lot. <laughs> hey, listen, so I would have a move where I'd take you down and I'd trap one arm and I'd bite the other arm. So both of your arms are trapped and I'm, I'm looking right in your face, punching your face. <laughs> and I, t- I, I, I use that move every chance I got. <laughs> and it was fucking brutal. Holy 
<laughs> oh, dude, you gotta do a YouTube video demonstrating like you're locking the way. And so the poor prick's trying to block his my face, and I'm, I, I get, now I got his arm in my mouth. Yeah. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> talking shit. Yeah, well, yeah, I was talking shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, this gets you fired up, dude. This podcast gets me. <laughs> I'm like, I, I still got three years before I can go pro. <laughs> and it's starting at 44 years old. So a friend of mine's like, Steve, what were you thinking? I go, I, I wasn't. <laughs> All right. I, this is what I did. I waited for the window of opportunity to basically close. So people used to to say, Steve, want to go watch the fights? I knew if I went to watch a fight, I'd want to fight. Right. I finally get talked into going to one of the fights. I was fighting. I fought three months later. Right. I trained two days and 15 years for this kind of shit. And I fought uh, three months later. And um, I ended up going, I went seven and two, which wasn't bad. Um, And getting, getting to take your shirt off. And fight people legally in front of fucking four thousand people. That shit was right up my alley, man. And, and I watched I watched the videos of you fighting that are on YouTube and stuff, and like people were there for you, man. You're drawing people. Like, oh, yeah. and, and so so when I was doing it, there were articles in the local like the New England MMA scene. They said I had the biggest uh fan base. Yes. Like, Yo, you get the biggest fan base in New England. I said I'm twice as old as everybody. I mean, <laughs> twice as many I've people. met way more people. <laughs> yeah, like tw- twice as many people as a 22 year old kid. That's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The fathers are bringing their kids out. You know, <laughs> this Look, guy beat me up in high school. This guy bit my eyebrow off. <laughs> that's him. <laughs> and, and, but like I said, right? I've never seen like none of these people ever again. I'm like, where? Where the fuck did all these people go? Oh, yeah, I dude. I go in a function hall one night for a wedding. There'd be 90 people. I Right. People were just moving right out of Brockton, dude. I, I, I moved people out. <laughs> I was like, the coronavirus, dude. Buddy, a realtor should have been following you around, just dude, picking up buyers. Listen, I, <laughs> local boss scene, I, I, I got all the bounces work. I fucking, I hooked up the local dentistry with braces and jaw wiring and all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I was like an underground fucking market. Yeah. You're Economic a, driver for the I was going to say a Brockton stimulus package. Yeah, like, like, like fucking, like, like uh, Arm and Hammer with the crack scene back in the day. There's always this money to be used in place. Right. <laughs> so, you, so when do you stop wrestling? So is it after college? Because you said like there's a 17-year gap where you're not doing nothing. I mean, I, I was fighting. You know what I mean? Oh, you were fighting. In, you, know, you were still fighting in the streets oh yeah i mean that was my practice um gotcha you know there, there was no real after college back in the day there was nothing else to do i mean if you weren't coaching wrestling basically was a dead sport after you leave school right that's what, that's what i was to say like nobody was talking about wrestling i feel like wrestling within the last 10 years has become something that you can pursue because of the uh the ufc right wrestling like people used to say who wins out of a boxer and a wrestler a boxer and a wrestler and a karate guy the UFC in the early days gave wrestling the proper respect. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you, you have, if you have a tough wrestler, I mean, I, I know good wrestlers that aren't good street fighters. Right. But if you got a tough wrestler, that's a hard dude to deal with, man, for the average fucking idiot. Right. Right. Yeah. If you well, can, and also, you know. Yeah, if you can shoot as a wrestler, 
and take him to the ground. You can, you can. Yeah, nine, t- nine out of ten fights wind up on the ground in the first thirty seconds, anyway. You know exactly. And the average fool can't fight for more than forty-five seconds. Right. So a wrestler is going to get on top of you, knowing how to control his fucking his cardio and shit. That's a nightmare for a, for a drunk asshole starting to fight in a right. bar. Right. For I mean, sure. I would I would grab you and talk right in your fucking ear, and it wasn't pleasantries I was giving you. Right. <laughs> Talking about your mother and doing whatever else I could do. For fucking right, just to make you furious. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. That was mean. You know what? I don't think I've ever fought a wrestler. You know? Hey, if you did, you'd know. Right. No, for sure. For sure. Well, I mean, like, you know, there was, there's a couple times I came out of black arms with, uh, with, with bumps and bruises. But, <laughs> but you know, you know I, I got sober in, you know, 2006. I think that was, you know, my last fight was something. You know, nobody was, and I grew up in Canada. I live in Jersey now, but nobody was wrestling guys at the bar. You know, you might run into a boxer. You might run into somebody who knew karate. You know, yeah, but, but karate is so fucking overrated. I mean, right. I'm not insulting the real karate dudes, right? Uh, but they're selling belts, man, at those dojos. You oh yeah, I mean? yeah. I mean, a kid can go from a white belt to a fucking brown belt in three years. That's garbage. Oh, my, my daughter's in it now. <laughs> That's good for her. <laughs> but if somebody she's says gonna to fight me, everybody, dude, she's gonna go fight everybody. I want to stop my son uh, uh, in karate. I tell him uh, teach him how to wrestle. I mean, right. wrestling—it's yeah. the oldest sport known to man. Hmm. Wrestling is the oldest sport, and hey, listen—the cheapest sport. When I was doing it, you needed shorts and a pair of sneakers. Not now. There's clinics and all the rest of the shit. Uh, uh, clubs, a lot of club sports. But when I was doing it, man, literally, shorts and a t-shirt. Right. For that matter, it's surprising that it's not more popular. It wasn't more popular because, you know, people in poverty tend to go to those sports, you know. I'll, I'll say this. A lot of the tough guys back in the day that I knew, you know, black dudes or whatever, wouldn't do it. They thought it was gay. Like right. Two dudes wrestling around on the ground. Right. I said, wrestling, see how gay that feels. Right. Yeah, very ungay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If your dick moves, you know it's gay. It's a problem. Losing. Yeah, losing awfully gay. Yeah. I don't mean funny gay. Yeah. Is there so, anyone that you run into uh, during your like reign of bar fight yeah, yeah. terror that is um, a known like like a popular person that is. Do people know who they are? Do you run into anyone where you know what I mean? Or well, like like known, like nationally known people? Or? Yeah, yeah. You, uh, what when I was doing all my craziness? Um, oh, that's a good question. Is there anybody that you fucked up that was like that is now like a big deal? Um, man, I've been involved in fights where there were big deal people there, but I never right. necessarily hit them. Right, right, right. I would hit their people basically. <laughs> um, I wasn't I I wasn't looking for problems. And I would give you an out. I would tell you, yo, listen, I lean in. This don't have to go down like this. And they take that as a sign of weakness. And then I start whispering in your ear, you know, biting your arm and fucking twisting you up. <laughs> the, more you, the more you try to give them a pass, the more they think that's a sign of weakness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was in a big fight one night. Mo Vaughn used to play for the Red Sox. His group of friends fought my group of friends. But like I said, I was cool with Mo. Um, but you know that as far as nationally known people, I mean that's that's only real time where something yeah. like that happened. Uh-huh. Do you 
did, is there anyone that you ran into on like in this era, like in this time that like you had a scrap with the, they, that they made you go, holy fuck, this guy is a weapon. I was fighting. Uh, I mean, I was probably 160 pounds. So I was fighting 250 pound dudes. So mm-hmm. some of them were athletic. Um, I ran to a few cats that, that I said afterwards, I, that, that, that was fucking close, you know, mm-hmm. but I wasn't fighting dudes my size. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I was fighting, fighting up a level. Always. And that's because those guys are probably looking at you like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Because pe- pe- I've had many people say to me, yo, you're Steve Dunn. I go, wait, don't tell me. You thought I'd be bigger. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I thought you were a big black guy. I said, no, but fuck this. wait, dude, man. <laughs> yeah, but a, a lot, if they, if they only heard my name when they finally saw me, and then if I was nice to them, they're like, this fucking dude ain't tough. By the yeah. end of the night, um, you know, I, get another, weakness. I get another charge. Right. <laughs> How many charges have you got? Ooh, I, tried. I, I, I 26 different assault cases I had. <laughs> so, <laughs> How are you walking around? Let's yeah, talk about white yeah. privilege. <laughs> Those are the people that told me about me. Never mind the other fucking 80. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I told a judge one time, I said, Your Honor. Because I win the fight, I lose in court. He goes, basically. So I'm supposed to come, I'm supposed to lose the what what when I ever took somebody to court? Nobody. Right, 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 right. Lost. Right. That's right. That's how it is, right? Yeah. Hey, so you're, you're in Jersey. Where are you in Jersey? Um I'm about an hour south of the city and uh by in Red Bank. Nobody would, you know. Great, great wrestlers you know in New Jersey, man. What's that? Great wrestlers in New Jersey. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's a big culture here, and I didn't realize that until I moved here. It, 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 like that, that part of the country, all those good guys used to go to Iowa, used to go to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Now those guys are staying at Penn State. Now Penn State's winning all the national championships. It's good. It's good that the, the Northeast guys are staying home because they got right. to wrestle the football coach. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. And then they said that shit was happening at uh, Ohio State. One of the wrestling coaches was fucking. Di- How's a wrestling coach diddling college wrestlers? How the fuck's that happen to you? Yeah, yeah. yeah and also, if that's the case, I mean, uh, isn't everybody over 18? What's the problem? <laughs> well, listen, if your coach can diddle you and you're fucking 22 years old, you might be a, you might be a sissy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe those blacks were onto something. Aye, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then they see the singlets, they go, that is gay as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It, 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 was, it was a hard sell, you know what I mean? It was. Come watch me wrestle. I have a fucking swimsuit on. I remember watching the guys who would, like, come to the WWF and whatever the ones would have that on, I'd be like, oh, I hate this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he did. I mean, and listen, and those guys are big, goofy-looking dudes. How about a fucking uh, a high school kid with that? He looks like a professional fag, man. I, I know. It I looks, know. It looks, looks a little sissy-ish. But, right. again, if you did it, you realize there's nothing soft about it. Right, right, right. Yeah, we had a buddy on uh, a comic, Mike Vecchione, and he said he wrestled steak, and it was just the season was so grinding on him, you know, because it's just, you know, constantly, you know, gritting your teeth out. It, it's very, very tough. Um, my freshman sophomore year, I had races, and I used to wrestle with all the multis. My multi bleeding every match. Oh, yeah. But you, you, uh, you like the grind. Like, you, there's something about wrestling, man. Once you do it, if you if you give it a, a 
couple months where you're not the worst guy in the room anymore. You can start liking it a little more. I mean, being being the sissy in the wrestling room sucks. I mean, I can imagine. Right. Now I'm coaching a youth wrestling program, and I, I try to tell these guys, if you're not going to concentrate at practice, you're going to be getting beat up by your friends at practice, and that's not going to be fun. You're not going to want to do it. Concentrate, learn something, and you be the dude handing out the ass whoopings. Right. <laughs> did you wrestle at the same time in college as your brother did? Yeah, he wrestled for Springfield. I wrestled for Central Connecticut. Okay, so different different schools. Different schools. He was um, he was all American high school and college, high school. I was ineligible my my junior year um, academically. You know, I was crazy. And my my senior, year, I was third in New England. Um, I had eleven state freestyle titles and nine New England titles. Mm-hmm. So that was my shit right there. Nice. Mm. And that that shit carries over the street fight, man. And cell fights when I was in prison, cell fights. Fighting a oh, wrestling wow. cell fight, that's a hell of an advantage, man. Did you find that people were trying to take a run at you in prison? Until until you fight somebody. And right. Then, then the whole place doesn't want to fight you. How many times have you actually been in there where you've had these altercations? Have you been in, like, different prisons where you've had to, like... Every place I've ever went, I fought at least one person. Okay. But, but I, I, I like to do the overkill type of shit. Yeah, so after, yeah, I'm, I'm not, it's not going to be, you're not going to say afterwards, I want to fight him again. You're not going to say No right. one wants to fight him again. Nobody wants a rematch. No, no, it's not Apollo Creed. It ain't going to be no, no rematches. And like the last guy I fought when I was in federal prison, I knocked out six of his teeth. So he didn't want to fight no more. Right. And, and, and I fed him for the first nine months I knew him. So he started thinking, oh, well, he ain't that tough. He's nice. We had an issue over the TV one night. Um, Wait a second. You knocked his teeth out, then fed him. No, no, I fed him for nine months. <laughs> oh. Fed the junk for nine months. Now. <laughs> so listen, federal prison, there's a white TV, black TV, Spanish TV. So we're watching the white TV. There's only three white dudes in my unit, 72 people. So, okay. you know, oh, man, this is a very good chance you get to watch what you want. Fucking, <laughs> stick together, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, fucking, the kids watching some Grease Monkey show. I go, yo, when, the, when your show's over in five minutes, we're going to watch the National Championship football game. He says, uh, there's two other TVs. I go, well, you're white. I'm white. He's white. We're having a vote. He said, lace up. If you want the TV, lace up. That means put your shoes on. I lean in. I lean in. I go, are you fucking kidding me? I thought he was kidding. He goes, lace up and find out. I'm like, really? He goes, fucking lace up. So I, I start walking up the stairs. He runs up behind me telling me, yo, fucking lace, you're going to lace up with me. I go, yo, you just told me to lace up with you. He followed me into my cell. I beat the fuck out of this dude. So he starts telling me, please stop, please. He had told me before this that his father used to sexually molest him, right? So I'm like, oh, that's weird. So while I'm fighting him, he goes, you remind me of my father. Well, <laughs> so that, that made me stop. <laughs> he got like a sympathy fuck out of me. That's so fucking funny. It was a calculated beatdown, too. And I was willing to stay there for another five, ten minutes to beat this dude. I had him in a choke, and I didn't want to choke him out because I wanted him to remember what happened to him. Right, right, right. Oh, man. A weird thing happened to me. me. A weird thing happened to me. Like, the last time I, like, I came close to fighting is this guy, he called one of my buddies a faggot. And he called us both faggots, but he said to my friend, my friend didn't, like, do anything. I'm like, are you going to let him fucking say that? I'm like, fuck this. 
Like, let's fucking go. Well, don't act like a faggot about it. Runs out of the bar. And I chase him out of the bar. And I grab this guy. I spin him around. I'm about to fucking hit him. He's like, man, I just want to go home and jerk off. Oh, no. Like, what the fuck? Get out of here. (laughs) Get away from me. What a a weird thing to say. I I know. know. You remind me of my father. That's what, like. Oh, dude. (laughs) I I was in a perfect fucking position to just do this all day long with this dude. And he said that to me, man. I was like, oh, dude, that's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking remind me of my father. He just told me he used to make you do fucking oral sex. So. So how many jail fights have you been? I've had, you know, I've been down a few times. So I've had a couple of fights in one place, a couple of, I've had like eight, eight, eight jail fights. Um, and in all of those, like, are you, is there ever a time where you're feeling like super threatened? Like if I don't win this thing, my life's on the line or are you kind of handling it? I, um, I try to avoid, well, a lot of the fights at the beginning when I first started doing time, uh, I was taking like rapists and shit. I was getting those guys. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So towards the end, um, the last time I went in, I was trying to get out. I didn't want any more trouble. You know, mm-hmm. federal court is different than local court. You know, you you are uh, those guys don't play around. So I was I was faking it till I was making it. I was trying to act like I, I was fucking you know reformed criminal and shit. So I, I I walked. I let a couple dudes slide. I had never let anybody slide in my life. I'd be playing handball and dudes be talking shit. I'm like, oh man, what I like to fuck you up. After I got in this fight, they bring me to the hole. They slam the door on me, and I had a smile from air to air because I get all that frustration and aggravation out for the dudes I let slide. I was so relieved that I actually got I got in a fight and it was over. And here we go. Right. So. Were those situations where like your sentence got extended? Easily could have. Um, right. they, they, you know, when I was getting it when I was getting the rapists and shit. They, I mean, put it this way: the first time I got locked up, I beat this, I beat a rapist down, and uh, I had to get bailed out before I, I got myself. I had to get bailed out of jail before I got in trouble, which sounds fucking crazy. Right. I, I was in there on like a, a small bail. I could have easily ended up going upstate for five years for the shit I was doing. Wow. Yeah, so I had to get out of jail so I don't go to jail. I get No, I get it. I get it. So, but when you're beat down. Were you targeting, like, uh, rapists? Like, yeah, yeah. Targeting them. So you're, yes. like, you were starting shit with them. It wasn't, wasn't just. Starting, I was just attacking them. Yeah, yeah. And I that was. I was going to give them a verbal beatdown first. I was, yeah, yeah. I was attacking them. Just for fun. And when that, well, but, it, oh, okay. With those guys, I thought it was like to also protect yourself, but like you were in there, you know, for a short amount of time. You weren't. Hey, listen, I, the first time I went in, I was in for a day. So the, the first day I was there, I woke up in the morning and a dude was giving out the breakfast and he had long hair. And I was like, yo, I hope your, your hair don't get my food. So the dude, he was wrapping up an 18 year sentence. So he's been around for a while. He's a hardcore dude. So I go back to my unit and they're talking about this kid raped the eight year old boy. I'm like, I'm going to get him. And the black dudes that I know are like, nah, we're going to get him. I said, I'm going to get him. So we're supposed to meet at 12 o'clock at night, you know, like under the fucking, we're under the sun, we're gonna, I mean, under the moon. So we're all going to meet up and we're going to get him. We all get up, meet up, and all the black dudes are like, nah, you can get him. So I end up, <laughs> yeah, they, they sold me out quick. But um, so I end up beating the hell out of this dude. And the next day, 
hey, the guy with the long hair and the fucking milk and shit gave me two milks. He goes, yeah, you're all right. <laughs> and the black guys are all listening to michael jackson yeah 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 beat it right <laughs> and so but after that beat down man yeah i that's when i had to get bailed out out after that one but so but so do like do the guy like do the guards and stuff kind of let that shit slide because he's a rapist like do people look the other way they used to feed me people after a while oh yeah and I, I, I come back to my cell and there'd be a, newspaper. a lot of milks. Yeah. <laughs> I come back to my cell and there'd be a newspaper on my bunk opened up to the page about this new guy that was just brought in. That God. kind of. Oh! Yeah. Holy oh. shit. We, we had a prison guard uh, on the podcast and he was talking about how, you know, like, well, this guy, this is a guy who got, uh, they were, they were going in and just beating the fuck out of uh, pedophiles. And and they got in trouble because he, he put a guy in a coma. And it's an occupational hazard. Uh, if, if if you're gonna play around like that, man, you know th those pedophiles and shit. Fucking right, dude. You, you don't want to be inside. That's right. right. So the guards were doing this, and the and the guard, uh, the one guard got. Uh, well, all the guards kind of got caught, but he took the rap for everyone because he didn't have a wife and kids and stuff. So he he took the rap, but uh, yeah, that's I mean. They're not well liked. <laughs> the, 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 the cops are fathers, you know what I mean? Yeah. The cops are daughters, yeah. cops are sons. The cops, I mean, literally, literally, I would come back to my cell and the Boston Herald would be opened up to this fucking dude who was just brought in. And they, it, nobody said do this. It's implied what they want. And I would do that. And then I'd, I'd get a little extra fucking special treatment over here, or a little over here. I didn't do it for the extra special treatment. I did it for the fun. Right, um, right. But but they were just feeding. Up, you know, if they know that you're gonna do that, right? People. It makes sense, but it is a crazy thing to hear. Like, hey, listen, it's crazy for a civilian to hear that. Right? Yeah, exactly. But in that in that world, it is exactly how it works. I was judge, jury, and ex. I was about to say, man, that sounds like justice to me, man. You know, that's. Yeah. That's exactly how you hope these people get treated. And, and so I'm out one night talking about that, and some lady's like, who do you think you are? I go, what if it happened to your kid? Yep. You want the guy to get two years, or you want to get five years in a beating? Right. Right. Uh, two years, and your kid's fucking tortured? For life? Right. So how about this? Now he's tortured. Two right. years, it feel like 30 years of a... Of a <laughs> Listen, right. two years, if, you, if you're one of those guys in prison, two years will feel like 30 years. Yeah, exactly. So... When was how? When was the last time you went to jail? I get out. Yeah, I get out uh, August nineteenth, two thousand fifteen. Wow. So, uh, so a couple of years ago. So, what what pushed you to do the the MMA shit? I um, like I said, I went to a, I finally went to a fight, you know, and I was fighting three months later. Um, and you're forty four. I was 44. My first pro fight, I was 44. My last fight, I was 50 years, 11 months. Wow. So you were in MMA before the before you went to prison last? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had I had most of my I had one fight when I came out. Okay. I was supposed to fight, I was supposed to fight a cop. Um a cop that lives, you know, like 50 miles away. I was supposed to fight him before I went to prison, but he got hurt a week before the fight. So, oh man, the ticket sales on that must have been a monster. Yo, they they build it as cops versus robbers. That's how they were building the <laughs> <laughs> so, uh 
he gets hurt and I'm in prison. I'm in prison. I trained every single day thinking about this dude. I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill this dude when I get out. I get out and he's hurt again or whatever. He couldn't fight. So I basically took whatever, whatever they had for me. And um, I want, I want at least one more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had my last fight, uh, 50 years, 11 months. Um, you know, exercise. I, I, I'll give you a background story. My last wrestling match, I was wrestling in the this Bay State Championship. It's, it's a freestyle tournament for the state championship. Yeah. I'm in the finals, and uh, we're in overtime. So the first point wins. So the kid shoots on me. I tilt him to his back. I give up, I give up the takedown because I just scored. The ref lifts his hand up. And I'm like, what's up? I go, I, I fucking tilted him. He goes, oh, fuck. He goes, what do I want to do? I go, let me wrestle him again. He goes, I can't do that. I quit wrestling. I, I never wrestled again. So I quit. So I used to have dreams about it, man. I used to have nightmares about fucking leaving wrestling. Right. And it exercised that demon in me, man. Right. Fighting, fighting. This would happen. When I went to the first uh, cage fight, I saw a, a local wrestling star walking around and re reminded me of a wrestling tournament, watching the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I was like, and I knew the kid that I knew that was fighting was scared and he looked scared. I'm like, if this fucking dude can do that scared, I can definitely go do this. I don't care how old fucking I am. Mm -hmm. I went and I did the best part about me cage fighting was exercising that wrestling demon that I that I had. Yeah. So it was a win-win for me. So that closed the door. It didn't leave you with the whole like, why haven't I been doing this all along? I've yeah, never what if, had that dream again. What if mm, I didn't do this? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. You know, you know there's there shit where you're 60 years old, you wish you did this, you wish you did that. Dead. I, I at least know I did what I did. Yeah. I have never had that dream again. Interesting. I had it regularly for fucking 20 years. Amazing. How your brain works, man. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> these guys that you were fighting, were, I guess they must have probably been half your age, right? Uh, everybody yeah, else, probably 30, I right? I was 22. I right. fought 20-year-olds. But like I said, right, it's not like I'm going into a boxing match where there's right. hand speed and all that shit is different. Right. Wrestling, if you got a fucking powerful double, which, if, you know, you, you saw some of my fights, my double was killer. So it, it felt like a car crash to me every time I did it. I just shoot as hard as I could. Right. And with the kick behind you, it was like a full speed fucking tackle. Right. So I didn't have to worry about somebody being fast and fancy and cute. I could bulldog them. Yeah, bulldog is the word because I watched your fights and you take them down very quick. It's, a lot of guys in fights, you see them play the stand-up game for a, a little bit longer than like uh, me. <laughs> it, it, yeah, then longer than you because they're they're afraid to take a punch going down to shoot. But you are strong enough at shooting that you are taking these guys down very early in the fight, and then. And it's a ground and pound fiesta. It, that's that's not, what I'm I not, saw in your fights. I'm not taking you down, right? And then working on this, working on settling in. I'm taking you down, getting a side back mount, and just fucking impo imposing the will. That's I'm, what you're doing. That's exactly what a good friend of mine told me. I used to impose my will, like in an anaconda, just taking. Like that's what it is, man. It's just it's you're imposing your will, and then. They are trapped and they can't do anything. That and you're just raining it down on them. Same kind of shit I was doing on the street with my little bite in the arm move there. You know what I mean? 
I get you in a position. If I get you in, if I get you in that side yeah. mount position like that, I mean, and I'm throwing so many punches at you, you don't have time to react to the last one. Before you know it, you're overwhelmed by them. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I, I was I was watching the the wind up on the punches, and I was like, man, like you see some wrestlers, they just cannot punch. Like you ever see Brock Lesnar fight, dude? Like, hey, listen, guy, he my theory with him, right? He's so big. Who do you right. ever fight in the street? He's right. never had to fight. Anybody. That's right, because nobody's ever taken him up on I'm it. Fighting him. I'm, I'm five seven, 160 pounds on the street. I'm fighting right. every fucking dude in in the area. Right. I said the wind the wind up looked very familiar. Like when you're on top of them. The- yeah. <laughs> hey, so one of the fights, the kid got me by my head. He's, he, no, he's got yeah, he got my head, and I'm hitting him. And uh, when he lets go of me, and I I rose up a little higher. Yeah. I was fucking haymaking him. <laughs> okay. I fought, like when I wrestled, I wrestled as hard as I could for as long as I could. I didn't know, especially the ODG, your cardio sucks. Right. I fought as hard as I could for as long as I could. And after, if, if I didn't end it quickly, maybe it wasn't that pretty after, but I was still fighting. So I have right. a question for you, because like, okay, so you have a couple losses in, in MMA, but was, have, had you lost in a street fight before? I, uh, an up and up fight. I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I've, I've been in yeah. fights where I get hit by other people who are in the crowd and shit. Yeah. But up and up, and I, I've never taken an L, I don't think. Okay. And, and so, so, so what's the, the feeling like then if you go into the MMA, like in an MMA fight that's sanctioned, is it just like, oh, I just lost like a, a sanctioned match. It's, it's cool. It was a sport to me. Yeah, yeah. It's different than losing if, – if you lost out on the street, you'd feel if different. If on the street, I'd want to fight you again. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that, that, yeah, that's what I wanted to know about because I feel like there's, there's a certain uh, – when if you lose, you yeah, there's the, this, the, this drive to fucking get that guy back, right? Like, if, if, if I lost in a cage fight, which I did – but, I mean, listen, I was 45 when I lost. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't 22 – I wasn't full of <laughs> it's <a> different ego. <laughs> 45, you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I mean, I, I was doing it for me. I right. competed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a competition. I got to beat people up legally. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, sure. That was big for me. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> you know, g- girls that didn't like me in high school because I was beating up their cousins and their boyfriends. When I started fighting legally, they're like, hey, Steve, great job. They're all chanting your name. Yeah, yeah. Well, you watch the videos, like the our listeners. If you watch on YouTube, you hear everyone chanting "Sandman." But the best part is, if you watch these videos, you hear "Enter Sandman" by Metallica yeah, playing kind of, his intros. I came out to some cool shit, man. I came out so to bad about it. I came out to some good ones. That's yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. Hey, the best part about the MMA shit is the walkout. Walk into the cage. Yeah. First time I did it, I fought in an outdoor stadium in Brockton, right? At the time, it was the biggest outdoor event in the U.S. In the MMA was only 15 years old at the time, but it was the largest outdoor event held to date. And one of my fights was right when they had the live stream on, on uh, Facebook. At the time, my fight was the most watched live stream fight. I mean, what live stream event on Facebook at the time. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah, That's so cool. My my first fight was on um, MMA MMA Live with R- Boss Rutan. So that that's pretty fucking cool. Oh yeah, yeah. It's funny because when you YouTube you, he comes up next. So 
Boss Macan. He, uh, it's a funny story. Um, so when I was locked up, I got in a fight with that kid in the feds. And I wrote a friend of mine's a ref with the UFC, Kevin McDonald. I wrote him a letter from Joe Rogan's perspective with Mike Goldberg, fighting out of cell 27, representing Brockton, Massachusetts. So <laughs> I broke it down. I broke the fight down like a UFC fight. Was, so when I, when I came out of prison, that letter was on an MMA site in, in New England. The MMA site hit me up. They said it was the most, uh, I, don't, I don't know what they call it when somebody hits on your, your fucking uh, clicks, whatever. It was the most clicks they had on the whole, on their site. So that kind of shit is pretty cool, man. Oh, wait, so what, what was that letter? So what do I got to Google to find that? Dead Man's Tales from the Hole. Now, I tried to find it the other day because that site's taken down. So I couldn't uh, find it. Guys, Sam one second. I'll be back. You guys can keep rocking. I'll be working. Yeah. Okay, Dead Man's Tales from the Hole. Dead Man's Tales from Dead the Hole. Dead Man's Tales from the Hole. So what are you, so like, what are you doing now? I mean, you, you know, you seem like you're still in good shape. I work, I mean, I train every day. Um, I'm a teamster in Boston. Okay. You know, I do the trade shows and shit. Um, I, I exercise every day. I do my thing. Um, but you're not fighting. But I am. You know what I mean? You... <laughs> my, my heart is. Right, 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 right. Listen, I haven't had a street. Like, like right now, I haven't hit anybody in the street in like a year and a half, right? That's oh, like, man. Personal record. It's like one of those, it's like one of those factories, like uh, 450 days without an incident. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that day. Or, 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 or the Monday Night Football, he hasn't had a holding penalty all year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's hold right. Penalty. All right. Is tonight the night? Yeah, well, so, so, so I'm out the other night. A dude says, uh, you still fighting? I go, I might be fighting tonight. <laughs> the dude starts laughing because yeah. he's the only person with me. He's like, oh, that ain't cool. Right, right. And, and, and that's just because you never know? Yeah, well, you never know. This is the way I look at it. It won't be um, – it, it, it'll be something in traffic or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. You never know. Right, right, right. It won't be somebody I know. Well, I do have some people that I would like to still punch in the face. Um, <laughs> I hope I, I hope I don't see them because yeah, yeah. You know, if I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get back in trouble and make it worth my while. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to have any like uh, last minute bucket list items before you get Corona. Yeah, you know. Yeah, listen, they don't want to meet me on my bucket list. Right, 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 right. They don't want that. So I, I would, I'd, I, I'd like to tell you, I'd like to go the rest of my life without hitting somebody. I'd say it's highly unlikely. I mean, yeah, say if history has shown us anything. Yeah, hey, listen, if history is any indicator, <laughs> I'll be fighting this summer. Right, right, right. Steve, man, um, listen, this is a great interview. Is there anything that, that you feel like we didn't talk about that, like... Yeah, this, this show is cool as shit, man. Thanks, man. Oh, thanks, dude. Thanks, thanks so much. You guys. And, th and thanks for jumping on. It's... Uh, um, I don't think I'll end up hitting anybody, but if I'm on my back, I'll be biting them. It's global. <laughs> yeah. 2006, man. That's it. You, hey, but we listen. Love, we love That's getting it. guests like you, Steve, because I, I guarantee you there's a whole other episode left with, with your stories. You, you come I, back yeah, yeah, to yeah. any time, man. Listen, I, like I said, I feel like I know you guys, man. So yeah, uh, keep me posted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe maybe we'll come down when when all this stuff's over with the COVID. We'll come down and do a live one uh, down in your area. And, yeah, we've got a couple potentials down up in Mass, so yeah, we'll definitely do that. And I'm and I'm in Boston, you know, probably twice a year doing shows. So listen, I'm friends with Sean Gannon, 
who fought Kimbo Slice. Yes. Mm. Sure, I'm sure I could get him on with you guys. Awesome. He's a fucking character, dude. That would, that would be great, dude. Wicked. As tough as you get. Wicked. Was he, was he the guy who was the cop or? Boston cop. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that's right. That's right. Now, listen, listen. Cool as hell. Tough as hell. We'd love to have him on any. Well, I think I saw that guy in a UFC. Yeah, he did. He fought in the UFC. Right, right. Um, but I, you know, I trained the, the gym I trained at, Y Crew in Austin, Mass. We were uh, with tied for the best team in New England one year that I was fighting. So there was a lot of good, tough guys there. Mm. Now, the gym became notorious because the two marathon bombers trained there. Oh, shit. So when I'm in prison, I'm in prison. Those two guys just got arrested. So I, I call my girl up. I go, at least I'm only the worst. I'm only the third worst guy at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Were those dudes under like serious, like heavy protection or like, are you looking for them? Well, th th those, one of them would be, he'll be in PC for his, you know, he's in the feds. He's probably at that place in uh, Marion. Uh -huh. 24 hour lockup. The other one's yeah. dead. And so the older brother out of those two ran the, ran the uh, L.A. Marathon, didn't train one day. That's how mentally fucking retarded that dude was. Wow. Ran marathon without training one day. Wow. What was his time? No. <laughs> exactly. How, what was the time? How long did it take to recover? I know. I know. I know. That's fucking hey, The listen, bomb's still ticking. crazier than the bombing thing, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, that, that is fucking nuts. That, that's, you have to be nuts to do, do that. Or just so stupid. That. Fuck. Brutal. You know, like the kid said to me, what were you thinking about? I said, I, I wasn't thinking. So, uh, <laughs> these dudes are savages, man. Uh, yeah. They weren't the best wrestlers or whatever, but obviously they're fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Gannon trained in the gym with you. Did you did you ever run into uh, Mickey Ward or any of those guys? You ever meet those cats? I met Mickey Ward a couple months ago. So, so right now I'm doing um. I'm doing a fundraiser out here. I've been doing a fundraiser, a, a, a frontline food drive I'm doing, right? So I've been delivering nice. pizza and shit for the last, I've, del I've delivered pizzas 26 the last 28 days. And um, I've, I've gotten a lot of people hit me up on Facebook and shit. And two of Mickey Ward's sisters hit me up. So it's a small right. world, man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially in the combat sports world, everything's little degrees of separation, but it's it's very tight. Community. Yeah, so so during during the uh, the pandemic, you're de you're delivering pizza to old like the old age homes or the hospital. No, 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 the hospital workers. The hospital. It's in honor of your mother, right? Well, I, I've done. There's two hospitals in Brockton. I've done two EMT services, fire department. There's six fire departments in Brockton. I've done all them. I've done a couple of uh, senior living facilities. That's awesome. Uh, I'm getting, great, getting donations. I'm getting requests to go. Like today, I did the the local school system. The yeah. ladies. So hey, I'm working. Deliver, on you deliver 600 more pizzas. You still might get into heaven. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Listen, <laughs> I'm thinking 5,000 years of purgatory. I should be all right. Because <laughs> I, I believe this. I ain't a lot of making up to do, man. <laughs> a lot of pizza last night. Delivered the pizza like uh, he was dropping. So when it was the fucking bomb. Boston bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, well, well Steve, man, thank you so much yeah, for doing it, dude. And we'll be yeah. in touch and we'll let you know when we when we release the episode and uh, you know, keep doing the good shit with the frontline dudes and uh, you know, don't break your year and a half streak. Yeah, much appreciated, Steve. <laughs> Honestly. 
Hey, hey guys, keep in touch with me, man. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Thanks so much, man. Great chat. My pleasure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you.